0: What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast recording on a Friday afternoon after the Los Angeles Clippers make a pretty large trade. And we're going to get to it in just a second. Talk with Tomara Zarli about the deal. But listeners, please take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. And they've got breaking news whenever it happens, giving you that fantasy angle. And there was some breaking news today. Tomer, my dude, great to have you back on from Clutch Points, Clutch Points app. We were all slated to talk about the Clippers and the Lakers and the buzzer beater, quote unquote. It wasn't quite a buzzer beater, but with a couple seconds left. And what a big win that was. And then all of a sudden, the Clippers, like they always do, decide to surprise us. And it happens all the time. It happened with the Paul George trade. It happened with the Eric Bledsoe deal. And now it happens with the Clippers and the Blazers making a deal where the Clippers receive Norman Powell and Robert Covington and trade away Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second round pick in 2025 that belongs to Detroit, which is one of the uh, second-round picks that was in the Luke Kennard deal. So thank you very much to the Detroit Pistons for all those second-round picks that they gave the Clippers along with Kennard. Let's start, first of all, with how this got done, Tomer, because if you would have told me that this was a deal that was going to happen, I would have said there was no chance that Portland would accept it. It seems like the Clippers absolutely fleeced the Blazers. Your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I guess it depends on kinda of what angle you look at. Um Portland did need to well, I don't know if they needed to, but I think they felt like they wanted to get under the luxury tax. Uh they did have, I believe, Anthony Simons' free agency coming up. Um they, they they are dealing with, I believe, an interim general manager who um, you know, probably wants to kind of do things his own way or a new GM or interim GM, whatever his role is. Uh he kinda of wants to do things his way, so um I mean From that perspective, I could see why Portland made this deal. Um, You know, I I, I've talked with you know a number of my you know coworkers and and guys I cover the team with, and uh, even just NBA people about like maybe landing Covington. But I never kind of imagined that they would um, make Norman Powell available. Uh, I think he kind of was just like felt like an untouchable. Um, Not because he's so good; it's just that they just signed to that to that four year extension. I think he's signed for the next five years um he i thought he was, was going to be there for um you know for for a good amount of time and kind of help cj and and damon uh it looks like that's not going that's not going to be the case another thing portland wanted to do i believe their their first round pick is lottery protected i, I believe they may have trade of that one and so um this essentially takes you out of the running for a play in spot i i would guess like i'm i'm assuming they don't want to make uh the playoffs and they would like to keep their first round pick and kind of use that if not for a player if as then as an asset but um i mean look the clippers <laughs> the clippers do what they do which is stay quiet try to try to find trades that, that that can make their team better um i think last year the rondo trade was a bit of a well not a bit of a, it was definitely an unsuccessful um experiment i would say um but i think sometimes you got to just uh, be able to take risks and um Try different things, and so I think, uh, even though that was unsuccessful, you see this trade now i mean it 's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to see this as as not a success, given that Norman Powell is the best player in this in this deal. Um, Eric Bledsoe was going to be uh, expi- well he had a, an option for next year, but uh, it was it was non guaranteed uh, I believe at three point two million i want to say so the, the clippers just did the best that they could with what they had, and they turned um, uh, you know, I wouldn't say nothing into something, but they turned something that probably wasn't going to bring you too much in theory into, into a lot. And so, um, I think you hate losing Keon Johnson. That was a guy who showed a lot of potential in the G league. He showed some, you know, w- ability to defend wings and, and play at the NBA level. He's only 19 years old. So definitely a project and a guy that, um, they're going to have to work on. And uh, I don't know if he fits Portland's timetable. I don't know what they can do with him or if he fits into their rotation, but, uh, The Blazers kind of got rid of a lot of depth, so I I immediately see a role for guys like Justice Winslow and uh, Keon Johnson. So, uh, we'll see. But, I mean, at first glance, it definitely feels like the Clippers got the better of this deal. Not only because they got the best player in the deal, but they also added significant depth um, to a team without Kawhi and PG that's been competing well. But with Kawhi and PG, I mean... (laughs) I don't know how you play this team. I mean, they have three guys currently who can play the small ball five, and Marcus, Nico, and Robert Covington. So they just got a bunch of guys. You know what's funny? A a
0: bunch of guys who can play, and yeah, be fun to see how this uh, develops. You know what's funny, Tomer, uh, is that I saw this on Twitter from somebody. I don't know who said it, um, so I can't give credit to whoever it was. But it wasn't my original thought. That the Clippers struggled for years and years with a Lob City team. They obviously had CP. They had Reddick. That you got your point guard. You got your shooting guard. You got your power forward in Blake, and Blake. You got your center and DJ. They were looking all over for a small ball or for a, sm- a, f- a small forward that could be that three and D type guy. Now all of a sudden you've got Batum. You've got Kawhi. You've got PG. PG you've got Norman Powell. It's like the Clippers now have all these guys that are that exact 3-and-D guy that they were craving for years and years, and they have them all on one team. Robert (laughs) Covington, obviously, you add to the mix. It's unbelievable. They were searching for so long for that guy to be the missing piece, and you could say that any of those five guys I just named would probably have been what would help the Clippers go over the top and possibly win a title. But now you've got a team where, let's take it from the Clippers – Um, acquiring side first we'll attack the Covington and Powell side you mentioned Powell's contract so he does have four more years after this year and that runs through the 2025-2026 season so what this does is this adds another legit guy with PG and Kawhi as they make their entrance to the uh, new arena the Intuit Dome and then he becomes a free agent when 2026 when he's 33 years old So from that side of things, you get another guy, Norman Powell, that can be a scorer, and that's huge. Robert Covington becomes a free agent after this year. It's possible that he's still dealt to another team. This could expand to a three-team deal at some point. Um, I don't know if the Clippers are going to keep him. It's possible they do. They could also end up trading a guy like Kennard or Marcus Morris. They've got these guys on this four-year, $64 million contract that are good assets to deal. So I don't think the Clippers are done. But the Powell thing is brilliant. It, it gives you a guy who is a legit scorer. Um, I saw it on Twitter. I believe it was Justin that posted it. Justin Russo um, on what Powell has done. Powell is shooting forty three point eight percent. This is from Justin Russo, Fly By Night on Twitter, um, who you record podcasts with. He is recording forty three or he's shooting forty three point eight on catch and shoot threes this season. Seventh best in the NBA among the 86 players with at least 150 attempts. The guy in fifth, that's Luke Kennard. So the Clippers now have two snipers. And for people that haven't watched Norman Powell, the guy can absolutely score. And he can do it all different levels, which is huge. And then you add in Covington, who's not the best scorer. Um, He's not going to shoot the ball very well. But he racks up steals. He racks up blocks. He gets rebounds. He played that uh, center position with Houston when they went super, super small a couple of years ago. So from the Clippers' side, Tomer, it really seems like they've got some flexibility now because you've got another shooter in Norman Powell who I think will provide some scoring punch because I think that was sorely lacking in a game last night where the Clippers didn't really know where to look um, when they got into those slumps. And it's happened time and time again this year where the Clippers go through those five, six-minute droughts without scoring. I think Powell will be a guy that will help end that. And then you get a guy in Covington that can play multiple positions. So it's really a no-brainer, I feel like, for this year, of course, with Powell and Covington. And even if you don't keep Covington next year, it's another piece that helps them further on. So it's a no-brainer in my mind. Um, I don't think they could have done better than this. Do you?
1: Uh, You'd be hard-pressed to find a better deal than this. Um, Just in the sense of, like I said, everything Portland wanted to do, they were probably able to do. I mean... I guess asset wise they could have tried to get more, but they got a lot of what they wanted. And on the Clipper side, um, definitely just just you got dynamic score, you got wing defenders, you got guys who can put pressure on the rim well, a guy who can put pressure on the rim. Covington really isn't that guy, but um I, I like when people talk about like losing a point guard in blood so which is big. He is a great defender and and really does a good job putting pressure on the rim for them. Um I think it's not like you're left with nothing so and and I do think Norman Powell, even though he's not a point guard can can kind of play that role of um you know downhill attacker putting pressure on the rim, getting buckets at the rim, which is what he does he's also a great mid range shooter great three point shooter and um i I think that that's almost enough to kind of spell the absence of blood so offensively um Robert Covington seems like a guy who uh, I'm kind of mixed. Where I could see the Clippers involving him in another deal, uh, but I could also see him just uh, re-signing in the off-season on a uh, on a on a cheaper deal, maybe for a, a few years, um, just because of his versatility. He feels like a guy, like you said. I, th- I think it was uh, you may have seen my tweet. I don't know who it was, but I was the one who tweeted out about an hour ago that uh, it seems like they're making up. For never having a dynamic forward during the Lob City years, there you go. It was every you, dynamic wing
0: possible. Hey, there you go. Credit um, goes to Tomer, <laughs> who I got on the podcast. How about that?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really seems like they're getting every dynamic wing. Like they have three small ball fives. It's not including like Kawhi and PG and Norman Powell, who are cr- good wings. Like they got a lot of guys who can play. Uh, Amir Coffee is coming into his own. Terrence Terrence Mann has been playing well as well. So like, I mean, they just so, they, they're literally making up for not having that wing by stockpiling on all the wings. I think it was uh, uh, Jamal Christopher on Twitter who called them wing stop. So that was uh, that was a pretty funny one. But, hmm. yeah, I mean, the, the Clippers added a lot of flexibility. They added uh, guys who could contribute on both ends. And uh, and, and they kind of uh, allowed guys to go... Kept guys beyond just this season. You know, with Norman Powell being signed through the 2025-26 season. And uh, potentially, I believe they would have... Um, I believe they would have... Covington's bird rights, if I'm correct.
0: Mm, okay. So,
1: um, they would also have that. I'm not 100% sure about that, but exactly. Yeah. they have a lot of flexibility there. They can re-sign him. So, um, all in all a good move for the Clippers. I really like it for the Clippers. I think they, they add a lot of depth. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, you could see guys who should be playing being benched and it's not because they're might not having a good, they might not be having a good game. It's just that there's so much talent on this team right now. There's so much top end talent. Um, Uh, Yeah, I don't know where you go. It's a good problem to have it for are but man, they have so much going on right now.
0: And it seems like they're not done. Um, I know that there's a lot said on Clippers Twitter about how the Clippers do not need another point guard. They don't need a guy like Rondo, obviously, who they traded for last year because they thought they needed a point guard. Um, But at the same time, I feel like you kind of do need a point guard during the regular season as a backup, and that's what Bledsoe was. So you trade away Bledsoe. It feels like the Clippers aren't done. Um, and they have all these guys that really make up a crowded front court, and you look at the guards, and there's, it just seems like there's a lot of guys that the Clippers have. I mean, you look right now at who they have that has is going to play. Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Amir Coffey, Norm Powell, Rob Covington, Luke Kennard. I mean, there are seven guys right there that score the basketball. So the question is, what do the Clippers do next? And I want to attack that before we talk about what the Clippers gave, gave away. It feels like they might get a guy. I don't know, a guy like Dinwiddie maybe. Um, or they just try and wait until the off season to get that guy. Do you think they make a move now or later? Because I think they make the move now. And I don't think we have any idea who it's going to be. Dinwiddie's been said a lot. So it feels like Dinwiddie won't be that guy. Because it feels like whoever is talked about on Twitter and in the media is not <laughs> someone that ends up on the Clippers. <laughs> so it, it feels like we're not going to end up with him. So uh, it's yeah. just uh, it's just one of those things where whenever Woj or somebody else tries to connect a player to the Clippers, it just doesn't happen. So yeah. what do you think? What's next? Do you think a deal is going to happen now if it's got in the offseason? Because it feels like you obviously could have Powell who could play on the ball. You know, I mean, you, for the Clippers, you could also – End up having something like a mere coffee um, play point. W- what do you think they do next?
1: I mean, I think it's still important to consider. Um, you know, G- Goran Dragic is a little up there in age, but uh, if the Clippers are stockpiling on ro- on former Raptors, hmm. um, he's the guy you could probably go out and get. Um, I think you know John Wall is still, I think, pursuing, uh, hoping to get a buyout with the, with the Rockets. Um, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, I think he wanted to come home during the offseason, but it didn't really make sense financially. He was looking for that big contract at the first of his career. and you know, Good for him for going to get paid, like 100% pursue that that payday. Uh, I just didn't think it, w- it would work uh, with L.A., um, either L.A. team. And so, um, look, I think there are point guards out there who are available, and we're just not hearing about them as much, aside from this Dinwiddie, um, Dinwiddie wall and, and, and Drogic. so. Yeah. There are definitely guys out there. Um, like you said, if, if they're linked to the Clippers, other than Rondo, I feel like if they're linked to the Clippers, it most likely will not happen. I think like the Rondo one was the, the one that ended up happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but other than that, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, does Atlanta want to move a guy like like DeLon Wright eventually? Do, do they feel like they have enough uh, there? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think there's definitely point guards, though, that, that are available. But I don't think it's something they need to attack right away. Uh, and try to figure out right away. Um, this move was not only a short-term move, but only, but also a long-term move where, um, like we said, you get guys around Kawhi and PG next year at the very worst. Um, if they don't come back this year, all right, whatever. At, le- at least you have a team that can, you know, you can surround Kawhi and PG with, with, with a lot of talent. So um, I don't know if they pursue a point guard right away. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Um, because I'm not entirely... I, I kind of need to see how this team plays a bit before I can say, okay, they need a point guard. Okay, they don't. So, um but yeah, I wouldn't surprise you either way, to be honest
0: with you. Yeah. Th- I think that's the benefit of making the trade this early on is that you have a couple exactly. of days to see how your team works without your backup point guard. And if it end up working out where you don't need to make another deal. And so that is certainly the benefit of not waiting until the last second. And frankly, I never understood why teams decide to wait until the very last second to make a deal. Like, you have plenty of time. Why can't <laughs> you make it now? It, it really blows my mind in every single sport. It's like in the Premier League. They take until the last hour to get a deal over the line. You look at baseball. it's You wait until the last second to make a deal for a pitcher. Like Max Scherzer, for example. It's like, why are you waiting until the very last second? It it just doesn't make sense. So the Clippers, of course, this front office has been incredible, honestly. Ever since the ownership change has happened, the front office has just been great. So kudos to them. I think D'Anthony Melton is also another guy to keep an eye on. Um, Memphis doesn't seem keen on playing him a lot. And Tyus Jones is there as well. So they got some guards behind Jaw. So it's possible that a guy like him um all right we have a brand new i I also don't know if you touch that memphis team right now
1: yeah they seem to be
0: playing they 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 have
1: the best vibes in the nba they are playing incredible basketball i don't even know if you touch that
0: team if you're like their front office you might just ride that team out and see what you can do with it because they are they've been incredible they've
1: been so good this year they've been really good
0: all right so hey we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at sports ethos thrive fantasy prop up with thrive fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ethos when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. All right, Tomer, let's attack now the side the Clippers and what they gave up. Let's start with Eric Bledsoe. Everybody on Clippers Twitter wanted to throw Eric Bledsoe into the fire after his first month when he was shooting 18% from three, and it's a guy that did not shoot 18% from three for his career. He finally went back up to what he averaged. I can't say enough about what Bledsoe has brought to the Clippers, whether it's filling in for Reggie Jackson, whether it's starting, whether it's coming off the bench, whether it's playing good defense, whether it's being a veteran leader for that bench unit, Eric Bledsoe is a guy that's been stable wherever he's been. And certainly you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and there was a issue there where they needed to upgrade that position. So they get Drew Holiday Bledsoe's still a guy though, that I think is the reason why the Clippers are where they are right now at 500 without him. I don't think that the Clippers are as successful So this is going to be a loss for the Clippers. But I think this is more about Bled and what he did to increase his trade value. Because he is certainly a guy that the Clippers acquired. And people were a little unsure whether that deal made sense getting rid of Pat Beverly. But Pat Bev has barely played this year. He's been injured a bunch this season. Bledsoe's been healthy the entire season. So I think some props needs to go to Eric Bledsoe. And he's a great Clipper. He was a great Clipper before. He's a great Clipper now. He's going to be someone that the Clippers fans remember. Not their best player, but just someone that was stable. I think he'll be a big loss, Tomer. Um, but I think it's certainly one that you will gladly ship off in order to get a guy like Powell and Covington. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, Bledsoe was a big piece. Uh, I, I really That's the toughest um, one to lose because I think, I think people really underrated what he brought defensively uh he he was he was a big catalyst in, in some of their comebacks just uh, it, it, as far as the defense and, and the the dual defense offensive pressure he put on opponents um was something that most of the a lot of the players didn't have that dual threat i think maybe you can say justice at times, but he was kind of figuring his way through uh through the struggles and the the, the injury last year so um gabbleto yeah, was a big piece for them uh, they're gonna miss him um you know you saw yesterday against the Lakers. Um, he repeatedly put pressure on the rim and, and had Austin Reeves in hell. And I think he had seven assists at halftime. Seven point seven assists at halftime um, was was really big uh, in that first half. Didn't do so much in the third quarter, but third or second quarter. But he was big in that first half. And so I, I think from that aspect, you miss a guy like that. Or you miss a guy who can put pressure on the rim and, and and defend. But again, I I think they 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 have the guys capable. Um, who are capable of, of filling in that role. Uh, maybe not to the level that he can, but I think they're capable of doing it. Um, yeah, B- Bledsoe's tough because people forget this guy was, uh, I believe, a two-time All-NBA defensive team member a couple of years ago with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, this is a guy that was, that was hard to score on. He was, um, you know, even though he struggled shooting to begin the year, he, he really had a hot shooting streak midway through the season. And so, um, yeah, he, he was a guy I like to interview because he was very quiet, but... Uh, always had something interesting to say, um, in, in our in our in our pressers, whether it was practice or, or you know, post game, whatever it was. But um, yeah, that that's a loss that's that's tough to to make up for. But um, I think if anyone can do it, this Clippers team has the depth to do it. So um, you got to do what you got to do. Norman Powell again is the best player in this trade. He's locked in for the most amount of years on a, on a relatively team friendly. Well, I would say team friendly, but he's making I believe about. Uh, It's 19 million dollars
0: a year. 19 now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you have to make that deal. You have to make that trade. Yep. It's a no brainer for me. And Norman Powell is a guy that can slide in alongside PG and Kawhi and be that third guy. Um, And I mean, let's be honest, the three names they gave up and Keon Johnson, Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow. These are all guys that are very expendable. I mean, you look at the Clippers roster and if you would have listed the guys in order, of who you don't want to give up, they would have been at the bottom because you've got your Morris's, you've got your Batum's, you've got your Canard's, your, along with PG and Kawhi, of course. you got Zoo. I mean, all those guys are ahead of the three that you're giving up. And another guy that boosted his trade value is Justice Winslow. I mean, this month, in January, this past month, seven and a half points per game, nearly six rebounds per game, two and a half assists, a block and a steal per game. And he shot 49% and he's only 25 years old. So I'm curious to see what Portland does with him because Winslow Mm -hmm. certainly has potential to get to that spot that he is capable of getting to. Um, But another guy that the Clippers didn't even play him last night and just credit to him being a pro and being that guy that attended. I mean, he was there working hard And you can't ask for much else from a guy that has gone through some injuries and has come back to be a part of the rotation until last night and has been valuable. I mean, you look at some of these games that he played, he played 25 minutes against Charlotte. He played 26 minutes against Miami. So credit to him and another guy that you're happy to lose, of course, but just another guy that just fits into the culture and uh, you'll, you're sad to see go. Yeah. I mean, just as Winslow was, was, I mean, I think it was after the,
1: the, the Hornets game a couple days ago where they were talking about how, how good the vibes on this team are and, and how much fun they're having together. So uh, from that perspective, you absolutely lose, uh, hate to lose a guy like that. Um, you know, when they were in Miami, he charted a, a yacht for a couple of team staffers, uh, you know, PR guys, and um, you know, some of the equipment people and um, medical teams. So like he, he, that's a good dude right there. That's a good dude. Uh, you hate to lose guys like that. Um, you know, I, I kind of – this is my personal belief, but I, I think you have to be careful how much you kind of um, mess with the vibes and kind of like karma, good karma that you build up yeah. uh, within a team. Um, like you can only go – like you traded Blake Griffin, you traded Lou Williams, you traded Pat Bev. Uh, you you kind of let Trez walk away in, in a tough manner. So like as far as like basketball, I believe in basketball karma. So like I think you have to kind of – Weigh, weigh that a bit and, and you know if you have guys even though they might be struggling um kind of let them play through it and, and if they're fan favorites and stuff like that um you, you got to try and retain those guys like I remember when um when Nick Batum was mentioned I was like oh I don't know about that one like that guy took a, a pay cut to come to you you can't just trade that guy um same thing with like Reggie Jackson guys like that so um I think that even though Winslow was was a good vibes guy a good locker room guy uh, again you have to make that deal because of who they got um but my point is, is, just just kind of tread lightly on some of those. You don't want to yeah. have too much mm-hmm. of an overhaul, trade too many guys who contributed to a really fun locker room, and then end up having a butt you later. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, of course. And you look at the comebacks the Clippers have made this season, and it's because everybody's bought in and everybody has had chemistry. And those don't happen without a team that buys in. I mean, it doesn't happen with um, a team that has a guy like Montrezl Harrell, for example, that is out um, at odds with other players and nothing against Montrez, of course, but it's just that chemistry towards the end of the Clippers um, reign with him and Lou Williams, it just didn't work out. And so I I don't think that comeback happens um, if your team doesn't have chemistry. And for Winslow, man, I hope he does well because – Guys that get 10 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists in a game, and then 13 points, 9 rebounds, 3 blocks, and a steal the next night, they don't grow on trees. So he certainly has potential, and I hope he really does well. And for Keon Johnson, I really think it's just a matter of Brandon Boston just doing well this season, and the Clippers look at themselves as a win-now team, and you don't need to have all these young guys that are probably not going to be a part of your 8-9-man to rotation. So it goes to what Amir Coffey has done. Of course, now the deal opens up a spot for him. Um, to convert him to a full-time guy. And then, of course, um, you have Brandon Boston, who has done well. And so uh, just for Keon Johnson, he just fell behind those two guys and became expendable and give credit to the Clippers' developmental staff because without developing guys like Winslow and Brandon Boston and Amir Coffey, it doesn't happen. This deal does not happen. But because they were able to develop these guys into assets that have, and also in the look at guys like team and you look at coffee guys that can be legit role players on this team. You're able to trade away, um, guys like Keon Johnson, who was a first round pick. So give credit to the developmental staff. Cause that deal does not happen without them. Tomer. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, the, the, the tough part is, is that
1: like as good as Keon could have been, again, he's only 19 years old. He showed potential as a kind of a two way wing, um, a slasher to the rim. Um, you just look at how much depth this team had. And unfortunately there's just no real role for him. You, you, you're on. Un- I was unsure kind of where he fits. Um, once they got healthy, um, you know, maybe as a guard, if like Eric Bledsoe was, was, was moved somewhere else, but, um, you know, Brandon was playing well, Jason Preston, they have high hopes for Jason Preston as a backup point guard, uh, still. And, and I think he's working his way towards, I don't know if he will come back this year, but he's working his way back from the foot injury. So, um, I just didn't, I wasn't sure what, what kind of role they would have for him. They had three young guys. uh, Keon, the youngest at 19 years old, he was their first round pick. So, um, I I think it's good for Keon's career. I mean, he goes to a team that could probably use him uh, a lot more than the Clippers could. So like from that aspect, I'm happy for the, for him and and the deal. Uh, You you hate to see guys go. I think, you know, know, moving and, and and all that is a pain in the butt. So it's never, never fun. You, you know, relationships that you have, you kind of, got to move on from. But um, as far as his career trajectory, like I think Portland is a good fit for him because no one knows what's going on with Dame. Uh, you kind of got some holes in that roster that Keon could probably fill for them. So um, again, credit to the Clippers development the developmental stuff, as you said, for, um, you know, putting him in positions to win with the Clippers and, and really showcasing his talents. But he's a young guy who's got a lot, he's got a lot ahead of him. Um, he's got a lot ahead of him. So, I'm curious to see how his career kind of plays out in, in Portland or wherever else he you may you may go, if not Portland. Um, but uh, it sucks. It sucks. It's, it's never it's never fun losing guys. Winslow was a great interview. Um, Eric Bledsoe was a great interview. Keon was always, you know, uh, kind of humble and, and learning the process of everything when it comes to, like, interviews and, and, and practices and games. And he was always learning, and he was kind of like a sponge, you could tell. So um, it's tough. It's, it's tough to lose guys like this. There's, there's no easy way to do it, but... Again, when you get an opportunity to, to get guys like
0: like like Norman Powell and Robert Covington,
1: you you got to do it. You you can't think twice. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. You get a guy in Norman Powell that you can have as part of your team for the next four years, and Covington should be good um, for this season. So it'll be fun to see how this team ends up lining up this season and going forward. And honestly, I wish I had both the cell phones of Tyron Liu and Chauncey Billups, because I'm very curious to see how that text conversation goes down after this trade. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm very curious <laughs> to see how those text conversations are occurring and what's being said there. And what's interesting is that all the guys that Chauncey Billups is getting, he didn't coach any of them, because you look at Billups and Winslow and Keon Johnson, and they're all first-year guys uh, with the Clippers. So it's still fascinating that Ty Liu ends up getting... Norman Powell and Rob Covington and uh you look at Chauncey and he's part of a rebuilding project. So it, it sucks for him and uh it's tough. It certainly is tough. Tomer, this was awesome, man. Um I appreciate it. Where can people read you? Where can they follow you? Go ahead and promote yourself.
1: Oh, uh you can find all my work on, on Clutch Points, um, on Twitter at Tomer Zarly. That's T O M E R A Z A R L Y. Um I actually just did a piece on, uh, I asked Tyler yesterday a question about uh, the trade deadline, and how he manages you know, the psyche of that and, and the concern from players. And he said, you know, it kind of is what it is to business. And what do you know? Less than 24 hours later, they pull a deal. So, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find myself mostly on Twitter and, and Clutch Points. And, uh, you know, I got my own podcast that I do weekly, releasing on Mondays. So uh, definitely check that out after Brandon. But um, yeah, I just appreciate you having me on, man. I, it's always fun to talk Clippers and uh, always fun to kind of, able to tell what what I'm able to see with my own eyes at the game. So uh, I do appreciate that.
0: Of course. Last one for you. You think the Clippers make any more moves?
1: You know what? For the sake of a fun trade deadline, I'll say yes.
0: Hey, listen, I'll say yes. while we're recording, there's a report that uh, James Harden apparently is possibly – on his way to philadelphia that that could be happening at some point so it, it seems like this trade deadline could get very exciting where apparently brooklyn's willing to deal james harden and you know that ben simmons would be a part of that deal so this could be this could be an exciting trade deadline and it starts now which is great so good for the clippers starting this and we'll see where this team ends up and i'm happy for them because this is a team that can compete this year and it can compete next year and um, a great point made by Justin Russo, who, by the way, is a great follow on Twitter, along with guys like Tomer, that you can read the PG Kawhi part of this any way you want. You can read the deal happens because um, PG and Kawhi are coming back, or you can read it as the Clippers want to stay competitive. So you trade for Pal and Covington because PG and Kawhi are not coming back. So frankly, we have no idea. Right, Tomer? Yeah, that, that's the biggest biggest thing
1: here is that you, you literally could just plug them in with Kawhi and PG if they come back. You could plug them in with even one of those guys. Or you, could, you could just play with none of these guys. Yeah. You, you have the ability to continue the season by just plugging these two guys in in, in Covington and Powell or um, maybe getting one of those guys back, two, both of them back. Uh, you never know. I will say, though, it, 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 it's important to remember that it's really tough to play well coming off an ACL injury. Uh, you're seeing that with guys like Dinwiddie. You've seen it from other guys. I think uh, Demarcus Cousins as well. Like mobility is it's tough. So if Kawhi does come back this year, which I don't know if he should, given how tough it is to come back from that, yeah. um, it, it's it's I be, I believe people should just temper expectations. Is what I'm trying to say. But um, exactly with, with this deal, you can get you know you can prepare yourself for them coming back or not coming back, just like Destin said, um, and and you're good either way. But uh, I'm gonna need you to. Stop uh, stroking Justin's ego. He, he talks about this all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, you know what? He, he's a great follow on Twitter. He won't come on the podcast, but uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. I think I've sent him like three or four DMs, and I get ignored. But you know what? It is what it is. And he, he st- oh, I might need to
1: talk to this guy about this. What's going on here? Yeah, he's
0: a busy man. You know what? He's got his Patreon. He and, uh, is. He's yeah. getting shout-outs from Brian Seaman during broadcasts about his Patreon. So you know what? He's a busy man, but he's a great follow and he works his ass off. So got to give credit to him. All right. Hey, quickly, before we sign off, I want to remind you to use the coupon code hoopball20 at manscape.com for 20% off, off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use the code hoopball on the third page of signup. Unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. You can follow him on Twitter. Tomer Azarly, that is T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. You can follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. This has been an Ethos Clippers podcast. More to come as the trade deadline gets closer here. Until then, go Clips.